Dementia is the 21st century's biggest killer. One in three babies born today will go on to develop dementia, and every three minutes someone develops dementia in the UK alone. Mum was diagnosed February of last year with Alzheimer's. Um, we'd noticed she wasn't cooking for herself properly. She wasn't able to take her medication. I was absolutely devastated, although we knew there was something wrong. It's a good opportunity for the new staff to understand that not everyone fits into a category of being vulnerable or not vulnerable. It's not always as black and white as that. We have got training programmes, we have got education material, and we're just bringing it to life with podcasts like this, with cake sales, exercises and Dementia Week. We're really not hiding for the matter. Hello and welcome to the Aviva podcast. My name is Ben Moss and in this edition of the podcast I'm finding out more about dementia, how it affects people, how it affects their families and what companies like Aviva are doing to help. Like many people I have personal experience. My grandma has been living with dementia for several years and now needs 24-hour care. Sadly dementia is pretty common and the number of people being diagnosed is growing. Here are just some of the figures. There are 850,000 people with dementia in the UK. That number is set to rise to over 1 million by 2025 and will reach 2 million by 2051. 225,000 people will develop dementia this year. That's one every three minutes. One in six people over the age of 80 have dementia. There are over 40,000 people under 65 with dementia in the UK. Pretty staggering numbers there, and it gives you an idea of the scale of dementia. But numbers don't tell the whole story. Behind those numbers are real people. I've been to meet Nikki Dagger, who works for Aviva in Bristol. Mum was diagnosed February of last year with Alzheimer's. Um, we'd noticed for quite some time before that that she was having problems remembering things. She was very repetitive. Um, she worried about things unnecessarily, so we, she was tested us in February um, and it was diagnosed then. Um, she's needed quite a bit of help since then. Um, she wasn't cooking for herself properly. She wasn't able to take her medication. Um, she was either taking medication uh, to, sort of two days worth in one day or she wasn't taking it at all. So um, my, myself and my brother go in now every day, cook her a meal. Um, provide her with a medication and help around the house, things like that. When the diagnosis comes, I mean, you, you said you maybe had some suspicions. When it comes, what, what's the reaction for, what was your reaction, what was her reaction, um, what's it like? I was absolutely devastated, although we knew there was something wrong. Um, I was absolutely devastated, um, couldn't believe it. Um, but, but as time has gone on, things have got, got better in the fact that she now has the support she needs and, and I realise that it's not the end of the road for her at all. And as long as she gets the support she needs, then, then we can carry on and, and she's happy and she's in her own home. Um, and, and yeah, she's, she's doing really well. And you mentioned some of the ways it, it affects her. What are, what are some of the other things you, you see with your mum now that you have to go and help her with that maybe two or three years ago you didn't need to? Uh, as I already said, she, she can't really use the cooker anymore. Um, she can't go out on her own at all. She can't go to medical appointments. Um, one of us has to take her. She wouldn't even walk down the, the road on her own now. Um, I, I phone her on a daily basis to let her know what's happening for the day um, because she doesn't always know what day of the week it is. That was one of the things we noticed to begin with, that she couldn't use a calendar. 
we now have a, a weekly planner in place for her, but she's starting to struggle to use that as well. So I phone her every morning, tell her what day it is, who's to be expected um, to, to come in. Um, and then that way we, we manage. And how's this all affected you uh, as her daughter? Um, well, it, obviously it's, it's a big commitment um something i'm very happy to do i i'd rather myself and my family a sister than, than outside carers but it takes up a lot of time it particularly on weekends um basically half of our weekend is gone um but i don't begrudge that at all i just want her to be happy in her own home and what changes have you had to make to your home and work life you mentioned your weekends have gone i know we're recording this just after lunchtime you've been to visit her today so what, what other kinds of changes have you had to make time off um, I've, I've had to take to take to go to her medical appointments um, she's got a few other medical issues she, she has regular checkups so I mean the company have been fantastic in that respect let me take that time I, I can't obviously work those appointments around my own work hours so the company have let me have that time off which has been really good I know from my own personal experience my, my uh, dad's been through something similar similar with my grandma there's there's um there's quite a lot of to sort out around financials and bills and those kind of things. What's been your experience with that? Okay, well, I'll be, I'll be honest, my brother takes care of that. Um, we're a team together, so it's not just, just myself. My brother's involved as well. He takes care of my mum's financial situation. I'd probably do more of the domestic side of things. So we, we work together. But if you had to, has your brother had to maybe take over responsibility on behalf of your mum for sort of her accounts and, and things like that? Yes, we've both got power of attorney. We've had to put that in place, yeah. Dementia is something which is getting much more common and more and more people are being diagnosed with it, sadly. Um, but from your experience, if there's one thing or you know, a handful of things that you really like people to understand about dementia and understand it better, well, what kind of things would those be? Um, I'd just like to say that it's not the end of the road by any chance. Um, we've been told that mum can carry on like this with our support for many, many years to come. I said initially I was absolutely devastated and I, I thought that she wouldn't last to the end of the year but that's, that's not the case at all and she's very happy and she's still in her own home and with our support she can carry on. And do you feel much more hopeful now than maybe you did a year ago? Much, much more hopeful, thank you, yeah. Well it was good to hear from Nikki that despite the dementia diagnosis her mum is still well and able to live in her own home. But what exactly is dementia and what support is available? Well to find out I've come to London and the head office of the Alzheimer's Society. I'm Ben from Aviva. Hi Ben, I'm Harriet, how are you? Very well, nice to meet you, thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me. Hi, I'm Harriet Hill, I'm Programme Partnerships Officer at Alzheimer's Society. Dementia is a condition that is caused when diseases physically damage the brain. There are over 100 different types of dementia, Alzheimer's disease is the most common type of dementia. It's not a natural part of the ageing process and it is progressive, which means it will get worse over time. A hundred different types, That's, um, that must come as quite a surprise to people, I would think. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people don't realise that dementia isn't a condition in itself. It's just a um, set of symptoms that are um, caused by different diseases, such as vascular dementia, which can happen when someone develops a series of mini-strokes. Um, there is frontotemporal dementia, dementia of Lewy bodies. But they all have fairly similar symptoms, but they may affect it people at a different rate in a different time so everyone's experience of dementia will be completely different. They can have problems with things like day-to-day -day memory, um, for example forgetting their address, their birthday or things like online passwords, um, but they can also have difficulties making decisions, processing, carrying 
carrying out a sequence of tasks. So things like conducting an online transaction can be really difficult and working out where you are in the stage of different processes. Um, and having problems like language problems. So forgetting the right word for things, using the wrong word for things, um, struggling to come up with words and conversations um, are all quite common symptoms of dementia. It's quite common and getting more common dementia, isn't it, and Alzheimer's? It is. Dementia is the 21st century's biggest killer. One in three babies born today will go on to develop dementia, and every three minutes someone develops dementia in the UK alone. By 2021, there's set to be over 1 million people living in the UK with dementia, and 225,000 people develop dementia every year. So it's quite staggering and very frightening. And the figures can unfortunately make it sound quite doom and gloom but just before we started recording we were talking there's some really positive stories about people living with dementia and when we say living they aren't you know it's not the end of the world a dementia diagnosis doesn't mean suddenly you're cut off from the world and, and you're of no use to anyone anymore definitely not and that's the challenge that we face is that people do think that and people there is still so much stigma unfortunately around dementia and that's something we really need to challenge and that's something like the Dementia Friends Initiative is what, why that's so important because it is challenging that stigma and tackling misunderstandings and misconceptions. People with dementia can go on to live for a very long time and people's progression can be completely different. So someone could develop dementia and go on to live with the same symptoms for about 10 years before they see any great changes. And you mentioned there Dementia Friends. That's something that Aviva has signed up to. Just explain, what is the Dementia Friends programme? So um, Dementia Friends was launched by Alzheimer's Society in 2013 to tackle the stigma that's often... Um, result of people um, when they develop dementia for example losing friends and feeling socially isolated um, there are currently 2.4 million dementia friends in the UK and we're set to create 4 million by 2020 and that's our target which was set out by the Prime Minister's Challenge in 2012 um, it's changing the way that people think act and talk about dementia so it's changing the way that we approach dementia and encouraging people to get the idea that people can live well. It's an awareness and understanding raising initiative, so people are doing it across their company bases at the moment. It's really important for employers to roll it out, both from the point of view of their staff, but also their customers, just so people can have more of an understanding and put themselves in the shoes of someone with dementia. And as a result, be able to treat them in the way that they should be treated and they deserve to be treated. Now, I know some of your work for Alzheimer's Society um, special looks into financial services and um, how financial services companies can do more to work better with people who are living with dementia. So what do you need from companies like Aviva? We need them to interact with with charities like Alzheimer's Society um, to gain more of an understanding of what dementia is so that they can then approach, look at the big picture and think about how they can best treat their, um, treat their, both their staff and their customers. There are so many things that can be done to make it easier for people to continue to interact with financial services and remain as independent as they possibly can for as long as they can. Customers will often face challenges with not knowing that a dementia diagnosis might be relevant to let their insurer know, for example, on your home insurance, you might not think, oh, I better tell my insurer that my uh, partner's just been diagnosed with dementia. But, and, when, and then it might come down to making a claim that's happened as a result of something um, that's gone wrong with someone with dementia. And this is a case that I've heard recently. Um, it's quite common with people with dementia to do things like put a electric kettle on a hob because they're going into their kitchen thinking that they are back at their youth, back in the 1950s, for example, and may put the kettle on the hob thinking that they're going to make themselves a cup of tea, and fires break out. And they might then call their insurer and say, oh, I need to make a claim because um, there's been a fire in my home. When they get down into the details of that, 
they realise that actually it's a result of someone's dementia, but they've not disclosed that because they didn't realise that it was relevant. Letting companies know that they can ask people about those, those diagnoses and changes in circumstances because it is for the benefit of the customer. And letting, communicating with the customer why they need to know that and the fact that it is of benefit to them and it's not going to be um, used against them and it's just to make things easy for them. Well, as I mentioned in that interview, Aviva is one company who have signed up to the Dementia Friends initiative. They're adding pages to their website to help people with a dementia diagnosis understand how it may affect any policies they hold. And employees who work directly with customers are being trained to identify people who may need additional help. Simon Fuller is one of Aviva's vulnerable customer champions who helps customers and their families when they call in to discuss a policy. If you're talking to someone directly um, who may, be, may have been diagnosed with dementia, you could see a wide range of symptoms. Um, some of the stuff we've experienced on the telephone um, can be memory loss, uh, whether that's short term or, or in the longer term, um, which sometimes can lead to confusion. Um, we, we might speak to people who um, will initially be able to put, put across what they'd like from us, um, but then can quickly forget um, what we've already discussed or um, details about uh, policies or processes that they, they've already gone through with us and there are ways in which we will try and support them um, so you know a, a telephone call can take as long as it needs to take really um, we, we put no pressure on anyone to to get through a call quickly um, if a customer needs to go over a, a few different factors over and over again we can do that um, we're, we're very aware that sometimes there's communication barriers as well um, so um, having had the same conversation several times over, you, you, you may also need to give that person um, plenty of time to actually compute what's what's being asked of them. Um, they might ask several questions, um, but it's important that actually we don't ask too many questions that could, could lead to confusion as well. I say, how do you learn this kind of thing? What kind of training do Aviva staff get in how to deal with vulnerable customers and customers who potentially uh, have dementia? The biggest part of uh, the, the training package, shall we say, is it's going to be down to experience. Um, it's, it's what the staff uh, on the phones are exposed to on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, but to, to kickstart it, um, they're equipped with the tools and skills to, to enable them to deal with those situations first point. And we, we do that through an induction process. Um, so anyone who comes into the business, they're entered into that induction process. And that includes um, a two-hour session on vulnerable customers. And within that, uh, that session there, there's a considerable focus on dementia. Um, a big part of it is we'll cover off case studies, um, some of which will include factors or symptoms that are associated with dementia. Um, there's one particular case study on there, uh, which I quite enjoy doing. Um, it's a hearing loss case study, um, so it gives the, the person an opportunity to actually experience what it's like to, to have hearing loss. Amongst all of that, it's the practical case studies where we really see the benefit of the training uh, coming to life. It's a good opportunity for, for the new staff to understand that not everyone fits into a category of being vulnerable or not vulnerable. It's not always as black and white as that. So why do all this? Well, I asked Aviva's Chief Operating Officer, Hugh Hessing. The Alzheimer's Society has done a lot of statistics nationwide that would suggest that when you look at the demographic of the UK, there could be significant of over 50s in particular, all the way to 100 plus and with varying grades of increased likelihood of dementia. When you then look at Aviva's 15 million customers and you look at the age of them, if you took those statistics and applied them to Aviva, that could mean 
And it's not a fact, but it could mean that we have up to 400,000 customers who, because of their age, because of their mental health, that they could be in a position where they could have a level of uh, dementia. So this is something that we can't take lightly, and we want to be a leader in serving and meeting these customers' needs. What is Aviva doing to help customers who have dementia and other vulnerable customers? The most important thing um, we're doing is making vulnerability of our customers, and in particular dementia, and I'll come back to that in a second, very visible to all of our staff, whether you're designing propositions, you're distributing through intermediaries, or whether you're talking to customers on every single day. Um, and therefore, we have got training programs, we have got education material, and we're just bringing it to life with podcasts like this, with cake sales, exercises and Dementia Week. We're really not hiding from the matter. This is a very important issue for uh, the UK population. And as we serve 15 million customers, it's a very important issue for Aviva. And that's a good point you raised, because from a personal point of view, my, my grandma has uh, dementia and she, my dad and his uh, and my uncle have had to take over kind of the running of all her affairs. Now, it turned out she was an Aviva policyholder. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, my own dad had such a, a poor experience with Aviva while trying to take over kind of the running of, of his mum's accounts that he had to put in an official complaint. Well, firstly, uh, apologies, Ben. We have to do better at recognising how we hand over to customers who, who, who have that vulnerability and then deal with their spouses, their near relatives or their close friends. Um, we, in certain parts of our business, we have not perfected this. The challenge we have on the other side, and it's about to be complicated potentially even more when GDPR comes in, is the rules around data, sharing of other customers' data, and everything from you know, really litigious ways of powers of attorney all the way to just trusting someone else who is on the end of the phone. As an, as an industry, we haven't perfected and as an organisation, we haven't perfected. In certain parts of our business, we've done really well and it's quite straightforward. In other parts of our business, certainly where we're dealing with significant sums of money, that balance of risk about talking to the wrong person at the wrong time about significant financial amounts versus doing the right thing by a family member and in this case your father is a fine balance and we haven't perfected that yet that's the journey we're on and we're taking some of this to the fca because we can't tackle it alone and they're welcoming our open dialogue with them on this front what are your aspirations for Aviva when it comes to how the company deals with people with dementia and, and other vulnerable customers? Where would you like the, the company to get to? Andy Briggs, our chief executive officer, has stood up and set ourselves a five-year vision for being the absolute customer leader in insurance and if not financial services here in the UK. So within that, recognising the scale of, of, of the population that may be vulnerable and or have certain forms of dementia, it's critical that we find ways to serve them better and serve their families and close friends better to meet their needs. So it's not something we can ignore if we want to be a customer champion. Um, so it's part of that. Um, our focus on vulnerability is heightened by when you look at the demographics of our 15 million customer base, they are of an older age and therefore 
statistically, according to the Alzheimer's Society, certainly more susceptible. So it's something that we have to be better at. We want to be a customer champion, and that is our aspiration to be seen as a leader in this market, in this regard. Well, that was Hugh Hessing there, Aviva's Chief Operating Officer. Now, if you or someone you know has been affected by dementia and you need some support, please see the notes for this podcast and you'll find some links there. Thank you again for listening to the Aviva podcast. Mm-hmm.